Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, Passion Life Church. Can we give the Lord the best round of applause that we're going to give Him all day? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, I just pray that you make the air conditioners work supernaturally, Father God. And we pray right now that you would speak to us by your spirit, Lord, and by your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Today we're continuing the Overcomer series, and uh, literally what we've been doing is, is breaking down the armor of God. You know, and when Jesus died on the cross, he not only died, but he rose again. And man, I'm thankful for that. But here's what he did, is he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Now, he not only did it, right, because it was prophesied, he did it so you can overcome too. Is anybody grateful that we have a God who overcomes? Let me try that again. Are we have anybody grateful we have a God that overcomes? And the truth is, the victory has already been won. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I have entitled today, The Battle of the Mind. The Battle of the Mind. You know, here's the reality that even though Jesus did win the victory for us, we're not trying to redo what Jesus already did. We are just standing in the victory. We actually fight from a place of victory. And so even though he's won the victory, doesn't mean that life doesn't still have opposition, that life doesn't still have battles. Anybody experience battles in their life, struggles in their life? It's part of being a part of a fallen world, but it's also being a part of an enemy. There's an enemy who is rampant in the earth. And we've been talking about really this series has been, how do we face these battles? Can I be honest with you? We all have battles. I think sometimes we think because of pastor and he sits stands behind this pulpit or uh, that he doesn't have I have battles too and let me just tell you I have to fight them the same way I'm preaching to have you fight them too and if you'll fight the way God says to fight you will win you will be undefeated if you'll fight the way that God says to fight and you know what? We've been talking about how we respond in a battle. That's so important. What you're thinking about when there's struggles, when there's trials, when there's battles. What's going on? What are you believing? And in truth, you may be in a battle right now. You may be in a battle for your health right now. There's been a diagnosis. You may be in a battle for your marriage. You may be in a battle simply for peace of mind. That, man, your, your mind has just been going a little cray-cray. And maybe for some of you right now, maybe it's, it's not a battle. Everything is smooth sailing. Everything's going good. You're like, man, all this battle talk, I don't know what that's all about. I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, can I just tell you, though, that life has a way sometimes of pulling you into a battle that you didn't want to be in? Sometimes life has a way of pulling you into a battle that, um, you know what, you didn't really foresee. But I'm believing that this series is really helping us to understand why we're facing what we're facing. And so through life, right, in, 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 through our lives, we have to realize one of the reasons that we have battles is because we live in a physical world. But how many of you know it's not just a physical world that we live in? There is also a spiritual world. Can I hear a good amen? And sometimes what we don't realize is that this spiritual world is affecting our physical world. Let me say it this way. The unseen world is affecting the world that we see. 
and it's affecting the world that we see. There's this kingdom. There's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, and there's the kingdom of darkness. And both of these kingdoms want to influence your life. And here's the battle. The battle's for your soul. The battle's for your mind. The battle's for your life. And this is really, really an intense thought. You get to decide which one wins in your life by how you choose. See, watch this. You have a part to play in this battle. Some people think God's won the victory. Oh, he's won the victory, brother. Oh, I'm so victorious, God. And if God wants to bring about this victory, he'll bring about the victory. The truth is the victory has already been brought about. But what are you going to do to enforce the victory in your life? Because you have a part to play in the victory. And this is what God says. God says, I want you to enforce my victory, but you're going to have to decide. See, some people just want to put all the responsibility on God. No, it's not just all the responsibility on God. He gave you a choice whether you can choose to do things his way or you can choose to do things your way. I'm going to tell you by testimony, I have done things my way and it doesn't work out. But if I'll do things his way, man, God can even make a way where there seems to be no way if I'll just follow his way. Come on. I know you want to give him a good round of applause. And I want us to realize that, see, most of our battles, more than we realize, are really spiritual battles. It's really, it's really spiritual battles. And when we engage in spiritual battles, we cannot fight with the weapons of this world. You can't fight and, 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 and shoot a nuclear bomb at the devil. Right? You, you, you can't use machine guns at the devil. Army tanks, 22, nunchucks. A slingshot, that's not going to work. The weapons of this world are not going to work. Why? Because we have to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Now, let me just, let me just say this, because I know as a church and, and as a newer church that we are, we're establishing culture. When you start talking about spiritual battles, let me tell you, there can be two extremes sometimes. One extreme is, you know what, we kind of really just don't believe in the devil. You know, hey, that's one extreme. And then there's another extreme over here where everything's the devil. There's a demon everywhere. The reason why I ate that donut is because the devil made me do it. The reason why I ate McDonald's fries this weekend is because the devil made me do it. He put up that golden arch. Right? The reason why I was in that car accident is because the devil made me do it. I don't know. Maybe it was because you weren't paying attention. Maybe it's because you were texting while you're, okay, we'll, we'll move forward. But not everything is the devil. The truth is the devil can't make you do anything. What he wants to do is to influence you to make decisions. It's the same with God. God can't force you to do anything. But what he can do is he can influence your life so you make the decision. Man, that's really powerful. So you have a part to play. Have you found Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10? It says this, finally, my brother, be strong. Say this with me. Say, I am strong. Say, I am strong. He says, be strong in the Lord, not just in our own strength. Look, because for supernatural battles, we need supernatural strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, right? Because all of this armor works together. All of this armor that we've been talking about are godly truths. And listen, they all work together. If you don't understand one of these godly truths, then that means that you are showing up 
not properly dressed for the battle. There are openings in the armor where the enemy's going to try to find out. So we've got to use the whole armor. Somebody say whole armor. That you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand. Against the wiles, the trickery, the word is there, the, the, the deceit of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, people are not our problem. See, here's the reality. Listen to what it says, but against principalities, against powers. We got to make sure we're fighting the right thing. People are not our problem. There are people who are being influenced, right, by this spiritual word. Verse 13, wherefore, take under the whole armor. There it is. He just says it again. That you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, what does he say? Stand in the victory that's already won. Stand, therefore. Here he goes. Having your loins girt about with truth. Everybody say truth. I want to be a lover of truth. The Bible says that's the belt of truth, one translation. What does your belt do? Your belt makes sure that when you go into battle, you don't go into battle without your pants on. Because the belt holds everything together. Let me say it this way. Truth holds everything together. If we don't believe the truth then none of this armor is going to work. Does that make sense? So he says, we went through that in part one. And then he says, stand there, therefore, he says, having your breastplate with righteousness. That is your heart. It's the center of believing that you are righteous because of what Jesus did. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We can actually have peace in the battle. This is what I've been doing in this series, just breaking everything down. It's so important. And so he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, whereas you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is what we talked about the last time we were together. This really got me. This still is in my mind that Paul says this as he's looking at a Roman soldier because he was in prison when he wrote this. And he looked at the Roman soldier and he saw his breastplate, but then he saw this shield of faith. And he says this, with this shield of faith, you can quench all Every fiery dart of the enemy, that really boggled my mind. I'm like, because when God says all, you know what all means in the Greek? All. All. Ladies and gentlemen, any fiery dart that the enemy throws at you because you are an overcomer and our God is an overcomer and you have faith, you can quench all. Everybody say all. All the fiery darts of the enemy. And then here's where we land today. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. I want to talk about the battle of the mind. You know, last week we were driving to church and uh, I saw a guy. We were on Scott Road and they're doing construction out there on Scott Road. And uh, there's this guy on a bicycle. And it was interesting because usually my wife drives in the morning when we come to church because I'm looking over my notes. I'm going to tell you, I love when my wife drives me around. Anyway, but anyway, so that's another, that's another subject. But on, <laughs> on Sunday, it was just, I just feel so like, just, I don't know, it's my love language now. When she, she's like, oh, I will drive. Oh, thank you. I don't know. There's just something about that, you know. Somebody said, well, you like to be chauffeured around. I was like, oh, I don't know, but it's my wife. I don't know. But uh, then when I drive, she's putting on her makeup. So anyway, and uh, she's driving. We're on Scott Road, and uh, there's this guy on a bicycle. And I looked over, and he had a backpack, and he had a helmet, and he had a helmet strapped to his backpack. On Scott Road, a lot of traffic. And I looked over, I said, that's so interesting to me that you would get on a busy street like Scott Road with all the construction, get your bike out, you would have a backpack on, and you would buy a helmet and strap it to your backpack. I don't know if he read the directions for the helmet, but the helmet is supposed to be strapped to your head. Thanks, thanks. It's supposed to be strapped to your head. 
And so when Paul is looking at the Roman soldier, he sees this helmet that, that they would have. You know, I find it interesting how people think. I, love, I could sit at a mall and just watch people all day. It's free entertainment. Come on, somebody. And, you can, and I wonder, like, what was that person thinking when they wore that or thinking, I just, I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I, I like people's mindsets. I talked to my dad. My dad drives a motorcycle, but he doesn't wear a helmet when he, wears his, when he drives his motorcycle. And so I said, Dad, you know, now, this is before he went to the Lord. Now he's, he went to the Lord with the Lord. And I said, you know, Dad, uh, this is before that. I said, you know, hey, um, you, you should wear a helmet, Dad. And, 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 and listen to this mindset. Are you ready? Because everybody has a mindset. This is what he told me. Oh, I don't need to put a helmet on. I don't drive on the freeway. I only drive on the access roads and back streets. And I was like, oh, you're right, Dad, because accidents don't ever happen on the access roads and back streets. That's why they're called accidents. But his mindset was, I'm not putting the helmet on. And Paul is telling us that God has given you a helmet of salvation, right? And in the middle of the spiritual battle, this needs to be protecting your mind. Why? Your mind is a huge target for the enemy. You know, I looked up these words. What does the helmet mean in the Greek language? The Greek language is the language of the New Testament that it was written in. The word helmet in the Greek means this, the protection of the soul which consists in the hope of salvation. Everybody say hope. Hope is an expectation. It's a confident expectation. He says this. He says the protection of the soul that consists in the hope of salvation. And your soul is really this, your mind, your will, and emotions. And I looked up this word salvation. In the Greek, salvation means deliverance, uh, preservation, safety. Come on, everybody say safety. Salvation, but it denotes this, a future salvation, protection. So watch this. As you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you come to him and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, he comes in, he forgives you all of your sin, of all your sins. He saves you, right? He saves you from an eternal hell for an eternal heaven for he can, so he can spend time, um, uh, so you can go to heaven. But can I just tell you this? Even more than that, God just didn't save you so you can go to heaven. God, what Jesus did, saved you so you could have an intimate relationship with the Father. That's the, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm a little interested with Christians who say, you know, I, I can't pray. I don't have time to pray, you know, and you, you haven't talked to God for five minutes. What are you going to do in eternity when it's forever and ever 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 and beyond? As Buzz Lightyear says, to infinity and beyond. And here's, here, here's the reality. He not only saves us, but this has the, this denotes a future salvation. In other words, we have a God who's constantly saving. You may need saving right now. There may be some things in your life that are coming against you that you need salvation for. And he says, if you'll put the helmet on, this expectation that no matter what battle, no matter where I'm going, God can save me. He can save me. That's what I love what David said. He said, even in Psalm 91, I dwell in the secret place. There's this place of protection. And he says, uh, he says, that even though people fall on my right side, thousands on my left side, it's not going to come near me because I have the helmet of salvation. He says this, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, listen to this. He says, though I walk through. So in his mindset, here's what he's doing. He says, I'm going through. I'm not going 
I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and camp out here. I'm not gonna talk about what I'm going through. I'm gonna talk about what I'm going to. So I have a mindset that I am going through. Why? Because God is with me. He's my savior. He's my protector. Come on, it's not just a one-time thing. It's just not a one-time event. This is what he does. And I want to know, do you have an expectation of hope in your situation? Because if you do, then you have a helmet on that's going to help you. Now, I want to tell you why our minds are such a huge target for the enemy. Because most of life's battle are won or lost right here. Right here. Do you know when the children of Israel came out of Egypt... God had an incredible promised land flowing with milk and honey. And he says, I've given it to you. It is yours. All you got to do is take it. And when Moses sent the 12 spies in there, they saw giants. And, but they saw beautiful fruit. And of course they saw giants in the land because the land was flowing with milk and honey. It would be weird to go into the promised land. Hey, this is your promised land. And all the people in, in, all the, people in the land were all emaciated and weak. But no, the people that were there were, and they weren't all giants, but there were some giants. And here's what happened. 10 of the 12 spies said, we can't take this land. Listen, they lost the battle before they even fought. Now, I'm going to tell you, if God says it's yours to take it, you just go and take it. And you know what's interesting? The Bible says, this is in the Bible, that, right, the violent, the king of God suffers violence and the violence take it by force. Well, Pastor Phil, you're being a little intense. Yeah, we're in an overcomer series. And when you have fight, you've got to be intense. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent take it by force. And you got to take it. How do you take it? You do what God tells you to do. You know what's crazy about that whole scenario there is that they lost a whole generation because they lost the battle in their mind. So they wandered 40 years in the wilderness. Here's what happens when Joshua comes back with a whole new generation of people and they get to the land. Uh, guess what happened? The giants in the land, what the first generation didn't know is that all the giants in the land were actually scared of the Israelites because they heard what God did to Egypt. They heard about the Red Sea. And it's amazing to me that the giants were scared, but the first generation lost the battle in their minds. And I'm telling you that the reason why your, your mind is such a huge target is because some people can lose the battle in the mind. Listen, if you think you can't, you probably won't. I'll never get married. Probably won't. Because you know what? When you start thinking that way, that starts affecting the way you feel. And you don't know this, but when you're around people and maybe even somebody you may be attracted to, what you are doing in your mind by saying, I'll never get married, is you are actually repelling people from you. So if you don't think you can, you probably won't. But you know what? If you think you can, you probably will. But if you see, if you dwell and you put your mind on your problems, guess what? You're going to be overwhelmed. If you're looking at your problems and just looking at your problems, you're going to be overwhelmed. But why don't we change our mindset and start looking for solutions? Because I'll tell you what, if you start looking for solutions, you'll probably find them. Amen. You know what I've uh, found? You find what, you can look, look what you're looking for. Listen, if you want trouble, you'll find it. You will find a way. Right here in Marietta, California, you could find trouble if you want it. Come on, somebody. Well, I came to California, and I came to Marietta, and I used to live in L.A. and that stuff and all that, and I try to get out of my, my gangs, you know, and all that. I'll tell you what, you come to Marietta looking for trouble, you'll find it. Yeah. But see, I'm not looking for trouble. I'm looking for peace. Peace, man. That's what I want to live in. Peace. Right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. 
If you want to find lust, you'll find it. If you want to find purity, you'll find it. Right? right, What are you looking for? Because watch this, because how you think is actually, actually, when the thoughts, if you don't deal with them, they're affecting how you feel. Right? Just for a moment. Come on. Just everybody close your eyes for a minute. Come on. Think cool thoughts. Think of an ice cube. Come on, somebody just put an ice cube on your back. It affects the way you feel. How you think is affecting how you live. And so here's what happens. If we were to dissect our thoughts, really dissect them, well, what are they really made up of? Well, our thoughts are made up of past experiences. It could be good or bad. Maybe it could be somebody hurt you, somebody rejected you. Maybe it could just be, you know, Pastor Phil, this is how I grew up. You know, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, this is how we did it, and this, so this is how I'm doing it. Right? Just how we, how we grew up. It affects our thinking. But here's what I want us to realize. Our lives, your life, will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Who Have a Selah moment there for a moment. In the Psalms, they use the word Selah. That means take a moment. Listen, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. This is why Job, you ever read the book of Job? Some people call it the book of Job. They're like, I'm against jobs. It's in the Bible, the book of Job. All right, get a job. The book of Job, you know what Job said? Listen to this. He said, my greatest fear has come upon me because his life and his thought life was always moving towards his greatest fear, greatest fear. And guess what? At the end, when you look at Job's life, he said, my greatest fear has come upon me. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So why not change your thinking into thinking faith, into believing God can, God will. He's already done it instead of he won't. I don't know. How's it going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Why think that way? Because you're moving, right? You're moving. Can I just ask you, are you excited about the directions your thought is taking you? Listen, I wasn't at a point in my life. And guess what I had to do? I had to change my thinking. I had to get more discipline in the things that I thought. Come on. Because the life you have is really a reflection of the thoughts that you're thinking. Oh, things are never going to get better. No, they're not going to if you keep thinking that way. Because every time a better situation comes, you're going to sabotage it by your thinking. Nobody will ever like me. No, they won't. Because you're going to sabotage it with your thinking. Because your thinking is affecting the way you feel and the way that you live. Can I hear a good amen today? Look, watch. This is a powerful scripture. This Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, watch, so is he. So is he. And so what comes into your mind comes out of your life. If you don't deal with your thoughts. That's why your thoughts are a target. Your mind's a target. And you cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. You can't. But here's the powerful thought. Think the thoughts of God, and you'll live the way God wants you to live. If you'll think the thoughts of law, of God. But here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to take the limits off of our thinking. I love what Ruth said today during worship. God can do more. For some of us, we're just asking God to just do some barely thing. Jesus said to so many people, he said, oh, ye of little faith. This is what it means. Why do you ask so little of a God who has so much? That's why I always say faith has a big ask. A big ask. (laughs) A-S-K. 
for some of you who are stuck in the heat. Has a big ask. You know why faith has a big ask? Because we have a big God. And I would hate to get to heaven and Jesus say, Phil, why didn't you ask me for more? And you know what I would have to say? Because I had limited thinking. You can come from a small town, but you don't have to have a small mindset. Can I hear a better amen than that? And I think, I think, I think, can I just tell you, I came from a small town, now it's not a small town, but we have a small town feel in Mary and I love it. I I love this small town, but I don't want to have small thinking because I serve a big God and I don't want, although I love the small town, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with it, but if we're not careful, we can get that small town mentality into our mind where we don't believe for big things. Right? So you can't have a positive life if, and, and li- you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. Watch this. But if you'll control what you think, you can control what you do. Now, I understand we live in a, we live in a day where people are like, I just can't control my mind. I just can't. I have ADD, ADHD. I have Sprint, Verizon, Wild. It's all in there. There's frequencies, Phil. I get it. But by the power of God, you can control your thinking. In Jesus' name. PTSD is not higher than the name of Jesus. ADHD is not higher than the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Right? ADD is not higher than the name of Jesus. Jesus is higher. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. I think about that. I, I pray that. It's a promise to me. I thank God every day. I have the mind of Christ because Phil's mind is too small. I think too small. I don't think too big. But the mind of Christ, I need the mind of Christ in this battle. That's what happens when you put this helmet on, you get wisdom. You get God's wisdom. And you, some of us in, in this room, we need God's wisdom today to make decisions in the battle that we are. We need the battle plan. We need the battle strategy. Come on, somebody. But I got to put the helmet on. Man, I'm preaching good, better than you're responding. I may listen to my own podcast. Now, so what does the enemy do? He wants you to take off your helmet. And he's very subtle. I was reading this this morning. He comes in the garden. The Bible says he's subtle, right? He's smooth. And here he does. What does he do? He just gives you questions, accusations, right? In the garden, did God really say, right? And the Bible says this about the devil. He is the accuser of the brethren. He actually, you know where the devil is? There's many demons, but the devil is actually, and people are like, oh my gosh, the devil. There's one devil. The Bible says when we look at him and when we finally see him, we're going to go, is this the one that ruined the nations? We're going to go, what? Right? Right? We thought the devil looked like Jack Nicholson. No, 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 no. Is this the one we're going to actually say? But you know where the devil is? The Bible says he is standing before God, accusing, accusing you, accusing. He's the accuser of the brother. But watch, here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is at God's right hand and he's making intercession for us. And so the devil is accusing, right? And he's accusing you and he's telling God about your things, right? And God's like, hey, listen, devil, I forget. Listen, I've already forgiven their sins as far as the east is from the west. I remember their sins no more. 
But the devil keeps accusing. And you know what Jesus is? He's interceding. Can I just ask you a question when it comes to your thoughts? Or do your thoughts go more towards the devil's accusations? Or do your thoughts go more towards Jesus's intercession for you? Come on, that's good. And I, that's what, because he wants to suggest things for you. And here, here's what he loves to do. Can I just break this down these last couple of moments? He loves the war. He loves to wage the war on our identity. That's why he gives us, the Bible says, it's a helmet of salvation. Can I ask you a question? Do you know that you're saved? When you lay down at night, do you, now, maybe you're here today and you're just coming back to church. Maybe, you, you know, you went through another church where there was a bunch of rules and regulations. We're not saved by rules. We're not saved by our, our behavior. We we're saved by the grace of God and have faith in what Jesus did. So you can be saved today. But if you don't have your helmet on, he's going to throw accusations. The enemy's going to throw accusations at you. And you, well, you know, you can't be saved. I can't believe you thought that yesterday. And he throw, and here's what you have to do. You have to say, you know what, devil, I am saved. The truth is, that's the helmet, putting the helmet of salvation on. I am a child of God. But he wants to, watch this, he wants you to be confused about your identity. I see this. What, how the enemy came to Jesus. Jesus was tired. He was in the wilderness for 40 days fasting. He was hangry, right? Hungry at this point. In the sun, fasting, getting ready for his ministry. And guess who shows up? The devil. Can I just tell you, he doesn't play fair. He's gonna come to you when you're hungry. He's gonna come to you, and you may be hungry emotionally right now. And he's going to come to you. And what he's going to do is he's going to put suggestions in your mind. And this is what he tells Jesus. Listen to these words. To Jesus, the son of God. Now, here's, watch this. When Jesus came on the scene, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And the heavens opened up and God said, this is my, I don't know. How do you think God talks? Huh? For some of you like, this is my beloved. I don't know how you feel like God. This is my beloved. However you think, you use the voice in your head. This is my beloved son, who I am well pleased. Now watch this. Jesus didn't do one miracle yet. He hadn't done anything but come to earth. And Jesus, God affirms his son. Watch this. Tells his son who he is. Parents, it's so important that you tell your kids who they are. If you don't tell your kids who they are, the world will try to identify them. The world will tell them, oh, oh, really? And, and we'll begin to put accusations on you. And so God says, this is my beloved son. Watch. And then Jesus goes into the wilderness. Watch what the enemy does. Here's the question. The enemy comes to Jesus and says, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into gluten-free bread? Why don't you, if you are the son of God, that, that was the, what? Where's your identity, Jesus? How many of you know that Jesus wasn't confused about his identity in the midst of a challenge and in the battle? He was the son of God because God said it. Can I just tell you, you are a child of God. Not because Pastor Phil says it, because God says, and he calls you his own. 
yeah, I don't know if you're going to clap after I say this, but we live right now in a society that tells us you are what you feel. You are what you feel. Oh, if you feel it today, that was, that's like if my son wakes up tomorrow and he's like, dad, I feel like I'm SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm like, okay, son. And I'm going to go down and drop him off at the ocean because that's just the way he feels. So he's just, you know, he's SpongeBob. You are not what you feel. You are what you decide in your mind. My son was watching Spider-Man, right? <laughs> Lord. It was New Year's Day. We were down. All my family was there, and he was the last one. All of a sudden, we heard a thump, <laughs> crying. We went up there. He was on the floor, broke his arm. He thought he was Spider-Man. He jumped over the couch and landed on his arm. Can I just tell you something? My son's not Spider-Man. But that day he felt like, and we, we live in a society that says, if you feel it, you must be it. Can I just tell you, it's absolutely wrong. But as you think in your heart, so is it. And I, I'm amazed what people are confused about. I'm amazed what people allow in their mind to think about. I just don't think about those things anymore. I think about what God thinks about me. And those are the thoughts that I want. Those are the thoughts that I want. But we live in that society today. And you know what? If we don't know who we are in Christ, if you don't know that you are an overcomer, you won't overcome. And that's taking this helmet off and the enemy's gonna shoot his trickery. And that's one of the things, he, he, he lies. You're not an over, look, look at this situation. It doesn't look like you're overcoming. You know what I love to say to the devil? I said, it's not over yet. Cause it's not over. It's not when the fat lady sings. It's not over when, until God says it's over. And as the devil lies to you, reminds you of your past, I just remind him of his future. I just tell the devil, you know what devil? You just get ready, you're going to hell. You're going to hell and I'm going to heaven and you have already been overcome. Is this good this morning? Is this good? See in the desert, I'm going to go into this next week, but Jesus won the battle of temptation because he focused his mind, his thoughts on the truth in the middle of the temptation. But can I go a step further? We need to start having the mindset of what am I going to do when I am tempted? I'm going to say no. I'm going to, everybody try it. Say no. no. Come on, say it loud. No. 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 I want to be in the mindset that even before the temptation comes, I'm going to say no. And here's the great news about if we have some old thinking, if we have thinking that is not going along with God's word, our thinking can change. Let me say that again. Our thinking can change. It can change. But here's the thing. If you're going to change your life, you're going to have to change your mind first. Here's what we do. We try to change behavior first. No, your mind's got to change first. Then your behavior. And look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't be conformed to the pattern. One uh, translation says the customs of this world, but be transformed. Everybody speaks transformed. Transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will 
is, right? And it's just interesting because by the very definition of salvation, there's hope, there's deliverance, right? And so when I decide I am going to change my thinking, then what happens is that I can walk in the perfect will of God. Now, in these last few moments that we have together, I just wanna show you how this helmet protects us. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four and five says this, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not physical. You cannot, listen, you cannot overcome the devil with just your simple human thoughts. Well, I think the devil, I don't care what you think about the devil. This outlines his plan. This outlines the strategy for victory. We need to think like God thinks for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Watch, here's what we got to do. Verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, captivity. Everybody say every thought every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, a stronghold in the Greek actually means like a fortress. A fortress is built, right? Like a castle is built brick by brick, right? So here's how strongholds, some of us, if you could see a fortress, some of us have strongholds that are really bad, right? We just always think with fear. We just always worry. Now, here's the thing about strongholds. Strongholds can be good. I want to have a stronghold of faith in my life. I want to have a stronghold of, of God's Holy Spirit thinking in my my mind, a, a thought process, a stronghold that God can do more. So we can build those. But watch what happens is just like a castle built, just like a fortress is built. Here's what happens. Strongholds are built thought by thought. And here's what the Bible does. The scripture shows us three steps of how these are built in our mind, right? And how to tear them down. And here's my goal today. If you are putting effort into building some good strongholds in your life, you will be walking around with the helmet and the enemy cannot distract you, right? You'll be undefeated. Now watch, here's the process. I'm just going to give you the three today as we close. And the process is actually in the scripture. It's listed from last to first. Here's where it starts. It all starts with a thought. Everybody say this with me. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. Well, I don't know if I married the right one, Pastor Phil. Uh, did you marry him? Yes. Then they're the right one. It's because I just don't feel like we're soulmates. Well, shouldn't you thought about that before you said, I don't know? Because you did say I do. But here's, here, here's, ready? Are you Ready? Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment, right? Can I just give you a really quick illustration? I've seen some of your pets. Love is a commitment. I just love this hamster. I just love this gerbil. So cute. It looks like a rat. But you choose what you love. Come on, you choose it. You chose it. I don't know if they're my soulmate. Here's what happens. You started to let your mind wander. You started to let your mind wander. Can I just tell you, if you let your mind wander, your life will wander. And you may end up in a place that you don't ever want to be in. I know this is going to be simple, but I never doubt my love for my wife.
and I love is going to be as great as our commitment. I got one clap. <laughs> and I want to tell you what, I'm going to be committed. But the moment, and here, here it comes, there's always an opportunity to wonder. There's always temptation. And how do the thoughts come? By what you see. This is why some of the things I don't, I don't want to see. You know why? Because they bring thoughts into my head. Sometimes you ever, you got to analyze your thoughts. You got to go, hey, what, why, why am I thinking this? You know how thoughts come in your head? By the things that you hear. That's why you can't hang out with negative people and live a positive life. You can't. Because their, listen, their negativity and what they say is producing a way of thinking. You start to think, listen, you start to consider, hmm, I don't know. Is there a God? I don't know. I just settled in my mind that there is a God and God is good and the devil is bad. And that's just that simple. God wants me to overcome. I'm going to overcome. But don't wander. I just can't control my, yes, you can. But it starts with a thought. And here's what happens. If you don't cast that thought down, if you don't bring it into the obedience of Christ, in other words, take this thought, right? And now you bring it into, is this what God thinks about me? If this is not what God thinks about me, I am going to put it down. Watch what happens. If you don't do that, you will start to meditate on it. Meditate means this. You start to revolve it in your mind. The thought, see, not all thoughts, thoughts are bad. It's the, not the thoughts that come and go that are bad. It's the thoughts that stay. It's the thoughts that stay within your mind that you start to begin to think, right? Oh, people don't like me. I don't know if people like me. Oh, then you know what? And you start to go, no, you know what? I'm rejected. You know what? People don't like me. And then every, you take you into every situation that you go into and your mindset, you begin to put it on revolve. You begin to put it on replay. Can I ask you a question? I wonder right now within your mind, what is on replay? What is it that you keep revolving? What is it that, for a lack of better terms, old school, you keep rewinding? What is your prominent thought that's constantly in your mind, right? Is it what your ex said about you? How many of you know what people say to us and about us? It can affect an opinion. I walked into the bank the other day to make a deposit, right? And I'm doing it, and the lady looked at me, she goes, you look so familiar. Thanks. She said, you look like an actor. She said, but I don't know which one. And I said, Brad Pitt? <laughs> she said, no, no, no. I said, David Beckham? That's like when I think of my, you know, that's when I'm in heaven, that's going to be my spiritual body. I said, Brad Pitt? David Beckham, she's like, no. And then she said something, and she said, he was in this movie and that movie. I, I'm just to be honest with you. I walked out of the bank, I was like, I said, thank you. You made my day. You have a pastor who looks like an actor, or at least he thinks he does. But I thought a simple little compliment elevated my life. And it's the same how a simple negative comment can bring you down. And more important than being Brad Plitt, I'm blessed by God because I'm a child of God. Can I hear a good amen? So here's what you have to do. Here's what I really want you to do. You have to attack the thought. Let me ask you a question. I think about this all the time. Why is it that you think that way? 
Why is it that a person thinks they have to get drunk to deal with life? Why is it? Listen, it's not even about the alka, 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 alcohol, as <laughs> Jamie says. Blame it on the alka. Al no, I blame it on your thought life. Because what is the thought that you have to think that you actually think that alcohol will make your life better? It's a thought. Here's what we got. You got to attack the thought. You got to attack the thought. Why is it that you think that you have to hang out with those people that are always bringing you down? There's a thought. Why is it? Why is it? Here's what you do. You attack the thought, right? And if, here's what we want to attack the behavior. But if we'll attack the thought, behavior doesn't change until our thinking does. So we attack the root of it. Let me just say this. There is a reason why you think and do the things that you do. There's a mindset. And then here's how you know when this thought takes root if you don't deal with it. You start talking about it. You start saying it. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31, he said, therefore, take no thought. Everybody say thought. Saying, when he was talking about what are we gonna eat, all of these things, there was a thought, it started, and then they started talking about it. Do you know that you talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else? Do you know that you're, there's a self-talk, there's a podcast that's playing in your brain that you are saying to yourself constantly? It, it's, it's interesting. I think about Jesus in the, in the wilderness. If we were just walking from afar, he would have been walking around like talking because he was talking to the devil. He actually had to address the devil. You're going to have to address things. And so you're thinking there's a, a thing today when you walk out and, and there's a constant thought. Here's what I want you to do. Attack the thought. Attack it. And here's the second step. The Bible says if you don't deal with it, it, number two, it becomes a high thing. What does it try to do? It tries to exalt itself, its opinion, its thoughts over the thoughts of God. So it's going to become a high thing. But guess who determines whether it becomes a high thing? You. Am I going to let this thought, whatever it is, my hurt, abandonment, rejection, is that going to be higher than God saying, I'm accepted, I'm healed, I'm forgiven, I can do it, all things are possible. Those are the thoughts of God. Or am I gonna let what I think rise above? You know, this word, this word high thing, actually it's a hostile term. It says that it's trying to pull itself higher than the word of God. And this is where you and the part that you play, you decide whether those thoughts are gonna overcome the thoughts that God already thinks about you. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Everybody say mighty. 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 The word mighty means this in the Greek. It means I am strong. Everybody say that with me. Say I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord. Come on, said I am able. I can. That's what this word mighty. Can we say it again? Say I am strong. I am able. I can. Come on, where are the ladies? I want to hear the ladies today because I, I'm, listen, when, when I was looking for a girl, I love confident women. I love women that say I can do it. I, I love, come on, where are the ladies? Come on, can you say it? Just, just the ladies. Say I am strong, ladies. Come on. Woo, say I am able. I can. Okay, where are all the men at? Come on, the men. Where are you? All right, we got four of them in here. All right. Come on, guys. Say, I am strong. I am able. I can. One more time. Say, I am strong. I am able. I can. That's what God thinks about you. And if you don't tear those other thoughts down, you got to find the thought, bring it into the knowledge of God, right? Does it line up? And then I got to start speaking in my, 
my, my, my life to myself what God says about me. There are days, I know you may think you're, I'm stupid, but it doesn't matter. There are days that I stand up and I say, I thank you, God, that I am loved by you. I thank you, God, that today you provide in every area of my life. You provide, Lord, the relationships that I need to, today to go to the next level. I thank you that today when I get on the 15, I am protected by God. I know I just saw that car that's overturned, but that won't happen to me because I have my helmet on and I am protected by God. I thank you that I am a man of God. I thank you that I think the thoughts of God. I start to say, I have to, Pastor Phil, you're just psyching yourself up. I'd rather do that in faith than do it in fear. So you determine, and here's the last one as we close today. If we don't deal with the thought, if we allow it to become a high thing, it's going to turn into imaginations. The imaginations in the Greek means this, reasonings. Strongholds happen when we start to believe a lie. And here's what happens. It starts to become part of our reason. We just start thinking that way. Start thinking that way. You know, I hear some of the most horrific crimes and I'm always wondering, wow, they thought this was okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you know how it all started? With a thought that was never dealt with. And so your, listen, your reasoning always precedes your conduct. I just wonder today, what's playing in your mind? Is it the diagnosis or is it the deliverance that God has for you? Come on. That you start to say, I am the healed. I know, the doc, I know he's just doing his job, but I have a greater physician, the Bible says. I'm going to say what he says, that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I have the mind of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have a stronghold of fear in your life, of doubt and depression. But here's the, the, the truth today. I want my thinking to be transformed. I want to see the battle from God's perspective. And he sees people overcoming. Everybody look at me today. I really feel the Holy Spirit. You're an overcomer. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Come on, can we give the Lord a good round of applause? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.